Do you ever wonder if you're balancing out your hard charging stuff with rest and recovery? It could be biohacks with extra cryotherapy or doing more squats than you should or high intensity interval training or lifting heavy or any of the other stuff you could do. Are you balancing it out with rest and recovery? You can manage your energy flow so that rest ranks as high as what you eat, movement, sleep, human connection. So this is why I put together a special episode for you, which is bringing up two Bulletproof radio experts who focus on rest. If you only rest, you're only push, you're doing it wrong. You're going to learn about your rest deficit and several different types of rest that you probably haven't thought of. In fact, it was a really mind-blowing set of knowledge for me from Dr. Shonda Dalton-Smith. She's going to tell you the seven kinds of rest that define how you're going to show up in the world. And it did change some of my personal practices when I first got in touch with Chandra and learned about her work. Our other guest is Kate Northrup, who says a resounding no to the addiction of busyness. And she says straight up that personal worth is not based on productivity. And she debunks it very scientifically. And she'll tell you how to balance practical data and soul work so you can manage your energy and your life. She'll tell you that doing less in a smart way gives you more of everything. And what Kate's telling you is, yes, value your time, but you don't have to value busyness because busyness is wasting your time. And if you value it, you don't want to waste it, so then you don't want to be busy. And it's in the stillness that you can do things like meditate or even do nothing, including meditate. And that's pretty cool. Enjoy this episode because there's a lot of wisdom in a very small amount of space. So, well, you can have some rest when you're done. Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. I found someone today to bring onto the show to talk about ways you can figure out what rest you're not getting. And better yet, because, well, we are biohackers after all, it's a quantitative, measurable way of doing it. Dr. Chandra Dalton-Smith, who's a board-certified internal medicine physician, work-life integration researcher, speaker, and now best-selling author. She's been on Dr. Oz, Fast Company, Psychology Today, well-credentialed, and she's talking to us from Birmingham, Alabama, where she practices. Well, welcome to the show. I'm, I'm so excited to have someone who's going to talk about Sacred Rest, which is the title of your book. Yes, well, thanks for having me. All right, Sacred Rest, pretty interesting title. <laughs> Why did you go with Sacred Rest? I love it, by the way, but what does that mean? Well, I think that's the thing. My approach to health and wellness really comes from two aspects. I love bringing in the science and I love also bringing in the spiritual part of it, seeing it how they work together. And so for me, when I started looking at this whole concept of rest, I wanted to make sure that I covered both aspects of that. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Now, why did you decide you were going to build a company as a mother of two young kids. <laughs> Isn't that the worst time to build a company? Well, actually, here's the good news. I started my company before I had kids. So we were well underway by the time okay. we started having kids. Um, though, I work with a lot of women who do decide, and here's what's really crazy. There is something that happens. It's very common. This is purely anecdotal that... I know so many women who get this crazy burst of creativity at the same time as having kids. 
And it's not optimal timing, but at the same time, I really believe that creating a human stimulates your creativity on a lot of other levels as well. Like the best work I've ever seen out there, it usually comes from someone who had to deal with it. Why did you get into rest? Did you deal with burnout or what was your what was your your spark to get going? Yes, absolutely. That was the the reason. I wish I could say I woke up one day and just really had a desire to research rest, but it wasn't that simple. I I burned out about 10 years ago. And I was at a point where really I knew that I wasn't getting enough sleep. That was obvious. But then when I started trying to get more sleep and it wasn't solving my fatigue, you know, all the tests came back normal. There wasn't anything wrong with my thyroid or any part of my lab work. You know, then at that point, conventional medicine really wasn't giving me a lot more answers. So I started looking at what is it that's really tired? Because fatigue isn't just about the physical. And Mm -hmm. so I was trying to fix it with getting more physical sleep. And that wasn't the solution that I really needed. For me, it was one of the other types of rest that I was deficient in. And that just took me down a, a path of studying what types of rest are out there. When things swirl in our minds, they, um, it's like they, they, you add fertilizer to them. They explode. They become bigger than they actually are. But when you do a brain dump and you write down a list of the things that you think you have to do or the things that you have on your plate, and then I recommend asking the following three questions about the items on that list. One of them, the first one is, and I do this every single week at the beginning of the week, Um, because most of us think that in order to be more successful, we need to add more to our plate. But the vast majority of us, in order to be more successful in whatever way that means for you, we need to take things off of our plate. We need to do less. And so first question is, does this need to be done? Like, does this actually need to be done? So, so often we get caught up in these idealized, projections of what our lives are supposed to be or what motherhood is supposed to be or marriage is supposed to be. And a lot of them are based on unconscious inherited beliefs from our culture, from our families, from our religious upbringing. And and we might be doing things just because we're upholding some standard that if we really were to check in with our hearts and souls, they're not actually bringing us joy. So I believe things need to either bring us results or bring us joy. And if they don't bring us results or joy, then they have no business in our lives. So does this actually need to be done is is the first question. I would like you to walk listeners through what these types of rests are. Like what's the science behind it? Well, I'll name the seven at first. Three of them are pretty well known and and pretty um, common to most people. The physical, the mental, and the spiritual. Those three most of us have heard of and have some idea that we need. The four that- What's a spiritual rest? I don't think I know that one. A physical, I got it. Mental, I kind of get it. But spiritual rest? What is that? It basically boils down to the rest that we receive when we understand that the world kind of is a bigger place than just what we are experiencing. It It has to do with a sense of belonging. It goes into that feeling of community of of really understanding that there's something bigger than just your small portion of existence. And I think for many people, it's helpful because what happens with that is you don't always feel so alone, even when maybe you don't have family with you or 
you're not in a situation where you're in a, a relationship with someone else. You know that you belong to something bigger. I call it kind of the greater humanity uh, experience that many of us need to feel. Because when we don't feel that, we have this feeling that, well, my life doesn't matter. I don't really, I don't really matter in this existence. And the truth is, largely, if something needs to be done, a lot of the times it doesn't need to be done by you. And then the third question is, does it need to be done right now? And this one's incredibly helpful because if something doesn't need to be done today or this week, it really doesn't belong in your consciousness. It belongs either in your project management software or on your calendar at a future time so you can take it out of the swirl. It sounds really, really good. And by the way, I agree with you, especially for entrepreneurs. Like, if someone else can do it, why the heck are you doing it? Yeah. Um, and and for moms, that means laundry. Oh, for <laughs> sure. You need to divide up the tasks and stop expecting yourself to hold the whole thing because somehow that's going to make you a better woman. Doing more laundry and cooking more meals is not going to make you a better woman. So, I really recommend, and Mike and I did this, we wrote down on pieces of paper every area of our lives and every single thing that needed to happen in every area of our lives. And we went through and he chose the thing that he loves to do. I chose the things that I love to do. And then we both made, uh, we both marked off the things that we absolutely hate to do. And so we looked at, okay, what can, what actually has to happen on this list? What doesn't need to happen? Who's going to do what? Da, 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 da. And for many of you, meal, meals don't need to be yours every single day. And especially as your children get older, you can, you can um, pull them in as well. Because especially when they're in that like 7, 8, 9, 10, they're actually still really excited about helping and contributing. And the earlier we get them as contributing factors in our families, the better for their well-being for the rest of their lives. Emotional rest versus spiritual rest. Give me the line between those two. Well, emotional rest has to do with your ability to be vulnerable and authentic with other people. Um, I look at it like this. For many of us, we have these personas that we that we portray, these images that we give out to the world. And there's a stress associated with performance that there's associated with just being professional. I mean, as a physician myself, I oftentimes think about the emotional um, unrest that I feel when I'm in an ICU or ER setting where maybe something's traumatic's happening. Well, I'm a physician. I'm not going to burst out into tears. That's not professional and that doesn't benefit the patient. But there's a stress that comes with that and holding back what feels authentic, real, and vulnerable. And I think it's important for people to realize that many of our lives live under that stress, maybe not in the same sense as mine as a physician, but if you are the head of a company and there's something stressful going on in the workplace, you can't just kind of blow up and have a, you know, have a, a moment necessarily in front of your entire staff. You're right. trying to maintain that level of professionalism. And unfortunately, for many of us, we take that into our personal lives from our professional lives. So there's never a time that some people are ever truly authentic and vulnerable and open to share those emotions. So they never get that emotional rest of just telling the truth. If a three or four-year-old is going to help you do something in the kitchen, 
it takes you three times longer and it's twice the mess. Yes, I love this question. Okay, <laughs> this is such a good question. Yes, yes. Okay, but this is the same thing as hiring in your company. Yes, is it easier for you to do it the first time? Of course it is. Is it annoying to train somebody? Yes. <laughs> However, if you it is the best time you could possibly invest in the long term because the hours it will free you up with for years to come are essentially infinite if you invest the time up front. And that's why I really like to think about spending time versus investing time. Spent time, you don't get it back. Invested time, you get a reward in some way. Now with our kids, I understand. If there are three and four, you do just get a bigger mess. Like when my, you know, when my four-year-old helps me fold laundry, it's not done the way I like it. And it's really, I allow it to be my experiment in surrendering, healing my inner control freak, letting go and being present with her. Because when she's 16, I want her to still be folding laundry, <laughs> right? And for me not to be doing it then. And so I really, really, really recommend that A, when we decide we're going to have our kids help, that we decide that's like our activity, right? So that's our time with our kids. So am I cooking with my kids to have a perfectly clean kitchen and for it to be the most efficient meal ever? No, no, I'm cooking with my kids to have fun and to be with them. So it's, and yes, down the line, then they'll know how to cook like in several years. So that's an investment. So you've had like hundreds of thousands of people look at restquiz.com. So you have good data here. Is that mm -hmm. sort of the worst lack of rest? Like what's, we haven't gone through all seven, but what's the, the one that people are most lacking? That's a huge one. Um, emotional rest, mental rest is a huge one. Um, the one that I think that, that I get the most emails from, honestly, that people seem to be the most surprised about would be creative rest. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. The one that I think that, that I get the most emails from, honestly, that people seem to be the most surprised about would be creative rest. And I think because most of us, when we hear that creative rest, we're automatically thinking of like musicians and artists and writers, people who have a creative outlet as their way of life as being the only people who would need creative rest. But really creative rest is, is an issue for anyone who's innovative, who's having to think outside of the box. Um, I see it a lot in people who are entrepreneurs or in marketing or PR. They're constantly having to think of new ways of doing things. So they're creative just within their career. And for those people, what they start seeing is that they have a harder time coming up with new ideas. They lose their motivation and their inspiration. 
And that's what creative rest does. It actually helps you to be able to be inspired, to be motivated again. I think probably the easiest example of creative rest for most people to identify with is if you're someone who, when you're around bodies of water or maybe at the mountains or at the beach or in the woods, just outside in nature, and you get this experience where you feel better, you can't explain it. It's like you can't put a specific, you know, thing on it and say, well, this is what happened is why I felt better. But you know you feel better in these settings. That's an example of what creative rest looks like. It's the rest that comes when we allow ourselves to experience beauty, whether that's natural beauty or it could be man-made beauty, like art or the symphony or, or going to a museum or something. But you're letting that really awaken and create something inside of you. And that helps with that inspiration. We need to be able to do the other innovative things in our life. How do you recommend people break the addiction to business? Hmm. I love this question. I think it's a lifelong kind of thing. And it really has to do with getting in right relationship with our central nervous system. So you spoke about anxiety and how prevalent it is. I used to be, I used to really struggle with this with panic attacks. I was on medication. Um, and I, I tend to be an anxious person as do many people that I had to tell myself, okay, if I calm my central nervous system, which I need to do just for thriving. And I know that, but that wasn't enough information for me. That wasn't enough of a reason. So I had to get into the data of, okay, if I calm my central nervous system and I can be operating from parasympathetic instead of sympathetic, then I'll get more blood flow to the appropriate areas in my brain and it'll make me more productive. <laughs> so I have the great news is on the other side of that, now I care far less about how much I get done and I'm more calm. And so I really do recommend um, any amount of meditation. And so PS, like my amount of meditation is like five minutes, four times a week. So, and sometimes it's with a child on my lap. So I'm not setting the bar particularly high, but that amount has really worked for me. Or going to dance class. Going to dance class for me is the way that I get into right relationship with my central nervous system. So I really, there's no one size fits all. You know, something different is going to work for for each person. But those are some of the things that I do. And then just breathing in and out through my nose instead of um, through my mouth helps me quite a lot. You also have sensory rest in here which I absolutely love. What is sensory rest? How do you define it? Well, sensory rest is when you undo some of the ongoing sensory input that we normally have within our day. So that can look many different ways. I think for most of us, it starts with really understanding where your senses are being attacked within your day. If you're on the computer all day, if you're listening to a lot of different background noises, I mean, it could be the telephone from other people in the office, or it could be your, since we're working from home now, it could be your kids in the other room talking and, and, and laughing. It can be the bright lights from your computer screens or just from your office space. It could be the smells in the room. Um, it could be your if you're a parent of small kids, it could be from touch, from them wanting to hug you and sit in your lap. There's so many ways that we have experienced sensory input and many times leading to sensory overload because we don't do things to downgrade our sensory, uh, the amount of sensory input that we're receiving. This thought of rest actually playing a role in 
who I am and how well I'm able to think new thoughts and come up with new ideas and dream bigger dreams and and really do all the things that most of us want to do. We we are constantly focusing on the work and the, the effort required for the work. But I'm one who I want to be able to do great work without being exhausted at the end of doing that great work. I want something left at the end of the day so that I'm smiling, I'm happy, I have something to bring home to my husband and my kids, and I'm not bringing the exhausted version of me. I'm bringing still the version of me that's able to serve them to the best of my ability. And that's what rest does. Now, we've all heard that uh, get rid of anything that doesn't bring you joy. Um, from you know, the secret art of tidying things up or the magic art <laughs> oh, yes. of tidying things up. Um, you know what brings me joy? What? Eating chocolate and watching Breaking Bad just over and over and over. <laughs> and maybe some good sake and sushi between the bouts of chocolate. <laughs> is, that, is that really <laughs> the, the recipe for doing less and, and all this? I almost feel like it, it's oversimplified because as humans, oh, I'd, I'd also like to have a lot of sex. Um, that brings me joy. Yeah. Like none of that's productive for the world, for my mission and for my kids really. But I mean, it brings me joy. Yeah. Well, I think How there's, we an, balance that out? there's an intersection, right? There's okay. the things that just bring you joy. And then there's a, there are the things that add value to the world. And so if you were to create a Venn diagram, you want to do work, ideally, <laughs> that is the intersection of the two. You know, that little, uh, if it were the Vesica Pisces, which is a beautiful um, sacred geometry sign, right? It's that little uh, ellipse in the middle. Um, yep. So that is where we want to be in our work as much as possible. But P.S., like, there are things I don't, that don't bring me joy that I do in our business. Like, I don't love, you know, sitting down with my accountant and talking about taxes, but that's just kind of part of the deal. So the way I recommend dealing with those things, because they're inevitably things, oh my gosh, like I signing paperwork and talking about legal structures and trademarks, I just, oh my God, it's so hard for me. Um, however, I do believe that how we do something is sometimes equally as important as what we do. So uh, in my first book, Money, A Love Story, I talked about adding pleasure and fun to your financial practices to get yourself to actually do them. And so what I had to do when I was in financial recovery is bring dark chocolate with me to do my bookkeeping or drink kombucha out of a wine glass or, you know, put on a favorite song. Like, I think that we can infuse the things that aren't so joyful with as much joy as possible so that we just do them. Here's the $10,000 question. You just introduced seven kinds of rest for people. Mm -hmm. Before, they probably thought they just needed sleep or maybe sleep in a yoga <laughs> class. So you just increase everyone's uh, stress levels because now like, oh my goodness, I'm not getting the right kind of rest. I must be a bad person. I know, yeah. It, it's like we have orthorexia for people like, oh my goodness, I'm not eating the right kind of foods. So now we have restorexia, which you've just, you just invented on this show. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people know, okay, I should focus my rest investment. I'm going to focus today on one of these seven kinds. How would you mm -hmm. go about knowing which is the one that you need the most? Well, honestly, that's where the quiz came from. My intention wasn't initially to do a quiz, but when I sat down with patients and sat down with clients, that was the number one question. People would say, okay, now I need all seven of these things. And they would just add something else to their to-do list, seven extra things to their to-do list. And that is not the purpose. Really, it's a matter of looking at where are you pouring out 
the most in your day. Because for most of us, the area where we're pouring out the most is likely to be the place where we're going to become more deficient, especially if we're not doing any specific intentional restorative activities to try to get back what we're pouring out energy-wise in that area. And so for those who that's kind of difficult because you do a lot of things in your day, that's where restquiz.com came from, just to be able to give people a quick glimpse of, oh, this is the one or two that I need to focus on. And so rather than just trying to get any kind of rest, they're getting the rest that they need in the area that they're having the biggest deficit. Something else in your book uh, that I appreciate that you talk about is your experiment number six, ask for help. Tell me about that experiment. So this one is huge. For those who struggle with asking for help, which is most of us, my message is this. When you have decided that your worthiness as a human being is based on your ability to get more done by yourself, then you will struggle for forever with this. But if you can reorganize yourself so that your worth feels inherent and you're no longer trying to prove something by all the things you can do by yourself, and you know your worth is inherent, like your strength of self is that strong, then asking for help becomes so much easier because it no longer um, is a hit against your value as a human. And a lot of us struggle with this because we think it's a sign of weakness. But my invitation to you is a new belief, which is that asking for help or needing help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of being human. None of us were meant to do all the things by ourselves. And you're not like getting into a special room in heaven because (laughs) you did more alone. That's just a recipe for being tired and lonely. Like literally, you're not getting anything from that. So Um, I wrote a lot about asking for help because I think um, so many people struggle with it. So many of my dear friends struggle with it. I actually wrote that chapter. It was the longest chapter. It's been edited, but the first version of it was 25,000 words, which was a full third of my word count guarantee with my publisher. And I wrote it for, with this one dear friend of mine in mind um, because she had struggled so much with it. And I just wrote it as a love letter to her to please like, let go and let the support in. And it's been really beautiful um, to witness her dismantle the armor she was wearing around her worthiness and her independence and how much that was her identity. And as that's been shifting, um, she's so much happier because she's able to let in the support. And what we really need as humans is more connection, not more independence. And when we ask for help, we're much more able to then give help when it's needed because we're not running on empty. I kind of asked earlier, but now I'm just going to go, okay, stack rank based on the data set. Okay. And granted, the people come to your website. So Mm -hmm. you go to restquiz.com and you're already self-selecting as someone who, so it's not a random sampling of people, Uh, but Mm -hmm. you go there of the people who decided to go there, give me like an order. Okay. Number one, number two, number three, number four, in terms of which kinds of of rest people need the most. I want to know the secret. Yes, number one has all, has always and consistent consistently been mental rest. That is number one. It stayed. It jumped up even higher after COVID. I had a 
a large flux of people come in after COVID, it has consistently been the highest one. Um, following that has been emotional, and then following that has been uh, social. Those are the top three. So mental, emotional, social. All right, what about the other ones? Oh, as far as how they fall out? Yeah. The one that tends to be the lowest is, has can always been physical. And I think because we all know we need physical rest. You know, we all know that we need sleep. And I think so that tends to be the lowest uh, as far as the one that people have a deficiency in. Um, so the ranking is usually it's mental, emotional, social. And then following that, it's a tie normally between sensory and creative. Yoga Nidra, I discovered because of my postpartum insomnia. Um, it is a it's a it's a deep meditation that gets your brain into a state of deep relaxation where you're not asleep, but you're also not really conscious. And they say, the people who have studied it, that 20 minutes of yoga nidra actually gets you the same restorative benefits of three hours of sleep. And for people who are having sleep disruption, insomnia, or um, you know, waking up a million times a night or whatever it is, they are able to get themselves able to sleep normally by doing yoga nidra. So it's a guided meditation where you lie down and it's 15 or 20 minutes and, you know, somebody walks you through it either in person or on an audio. And it is a very profound experience of restoration and relaxation in an incredibly efficient way. Like for me, it's 10 million times more effective than taking a nap. So you use a guided meditation, uh, and there's a bunch of them online uh, that you can get to. Uh, yeah, you just have so to find you, somebody's voice that you like. That's the trickiest part. <laughs> knowing the changes in the type of rest you need, or even just having this map, which is something that I didn't have to, to count all of those things as rest, I think it's really meaningful. And so thank you for doing the work and then doing the quiz to do enough research. And again, it's restquiz.com, and we don't have any like financial affiliate or any of that kind of stuff. I just think it's a cool idea. And so if you're listening, go check it out. And you should also read Sacred Rest, if this makes sense to you. It is not about sleep. I love sleep hacking. It's something different. Kate, your book is a wealth of knowledge. I don't think it's just for moms in business. It's for anyone who wants to focus on doing less. But I think your uh, your perspective as a mom of relatively young kids and an entrepreneur serves as a, a crucible for the high demand <laughs> times of life, <laughs> uh, which, which is what makes you able to write the book. So th thank you for uh, for creating it and sharing it. Your, your website where people can find more about your book and more about you is katenorthrup.com, K-A-T-E-N-O-R-T-H-R-U-P.com. Kate, thanks for being on Bulletproof Radio. Thank you so much for having me. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. 
Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.